Lose the Cape Podcast, Episode 25. Welcome to the Lose the Cape Podcast, where we get real with busy moms and talk about how they survive their daily juggle. If you are a busy mom who believes in the idea of moms helping moms with tips, tools, and resources to survive, this is the podcast for you. Well, good morning. It is the 22nd of July as I record this. All kinds of good stuff happening. In today's episode, we are going to be talking with Carrie Green, who is a business coach and author. And she's got all kinds of interesting tips on um, uh, making more money, charging your worth. Uh, so if you're you an entrepreneur, especially a work-at-home mom entrepreneur, you're going to find lots of great information. She also was in New York City during 9-11 and has some really interesting stories about that as well. And just in general, as always, we talk about what life is like as a mom. Um, I really think you're going to enjoy her episode. Uh, Some other things that are going on. Um, If you haven't been following what I do on uh, for my business, I actually have started a coaching program for writers and authors and bloggers. And um, well, I should say I've been gearing up for it. It actually launches towards the mid or end of August, we may be pushing it back a little bit since so many people won't have their kids in school yet. But if you're interested in trying um, and, you know, finding out more information, I'll put the link in the show notes. But the website, I run my course through Teachable. So it's at write-publish-sell.teachable.com. And um, you'll be able to see the Writer Biz Workshop and the other um, other courses and stuff that I have out there. I'd love to have you give it a go um, during its beta run. I'm offering it at a really ridiculously low price for the quality of content that you're getting, especially since we have, I think, seven outside guest experts who are coming in and providing all of their knowledge, plus the information and resources and everything that you're getting from us. Um, the course is geared towards... I'd say uh, intermediate writers. Um, it's it, it's great for brand new writers too, or someone even considering a book. It's going to give you all the foundations that you need to get a good start. But um, the person that I had in mind as I was designing this course was someone like me who had maybe been writing for a while, had a business going, was doing some freelancing, or maybe had a book or two published and just realized that they want to make a go as a full-time writer, whether they're off. Um, an author or blogging or however they're bringing in those streams of income, but realizes they know how to write really well, but they don't have any business schools or training in that. So we go through all of the important elements for that, you know, um, setting up your business, if you need to have an LLC, what type of structure you need to have. Those are just some of the types of things that we touch on. But we also get into the nitty gritty of like PR and marketing, how to better market yourself, how to find places to submit. Uh, We have one week with an expert cover designer coming in. So if you are writing a book, she's going to show you cover design. If you're not writing a book, she's going to talk, um, graphic arts in general, um, great images for your website or however you're promoting yourself, logos, whatnot. Um, We've got Vanessa Matthews, who was a guest on the virtual summit, who's also going to be talking again about productivity. We have Larissa Lawton, who um, is a wonderful productivity coach to moms, and probably many of you know her. 
Uh, she's actually going to be on the podcast next month. But anyway, it's just it's a great lineup of information. And I hope you'll check it out. If you are a writer or a blogger or thinking about becoming either one of those, my my dream in life is to help other moms like me who left the corporate world to stay home with their kids and have been home for a while and now realize, you know what, I don't want to go back to that. That's not where I want to be. I want to be able to stay home and pick up my kids from school and help them with their homework. But I still want something I still want to be working, you know, so this writing provides and blogging and making money from your writing provides an excellent opportunity for a freelance job that you can definitely work around your family schedule. So like I said, check that out. Anyway, I forgot to introduce myself at the beginning, but this is Alexa Bigwarf, your host, and I'm really excited that we have finally made it to episode 25, and I hope you really enjoyed the show. Uh, don't forget to check out all of our great um, episodes and uh, blog posts up at losethecape.com. If you want to catch other episodes of our podcast, we have them all housed at losethecape.com forward slash podcast. Or you can um, follow us on Stitcher or iTunes. And if you like our show, we could really appreciate some reviews and follows and subscribers. Um, every time you review a podcast or subscribe to it, it tells the podcast owners, Stitcher and iTunes, that people like your show and they tend to show it to more people. So if you're interested in helping us grow our audience, which hopefully you are, please do that for us. We would be eternally grateful. And check us out at losethecape.com. Enjoy this episode with Carrie Green. Thanks. Have a great day. Okay. Well, we are really pleased to welcome Carrie Green to the show today. She is a speaker, author, and business coach, also a mom. So we're going to talk a little bit how that plays into everything. Um, she's got a very interesting background, 15 years on Wall Street, um, and was actually there on 9-11. Um, which I'm sure impacted her, and I'm looking forward to asking questions about that. Uh, she helps business owners get clear on what they want and um, help them create simple and straightforward plans so that you can achieve your goals and dreams. She's also the author of two books, Because You're Worth It, How to Make More Money by Charging More Money, which uh, is always a good thing, and Chaos to Cash, An Entrepreneur's Guide to Eliminating Chaos, Overwhelm, and Procrastination so you can create ultimate profit. So thank you so much for being with us here today, Carrie. It is really a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me to join you here. Absolutely. Now, is there anything else you would like to add from that bio? Uh, that's pretty, just pretty full bio. Did I, did I miss anything? I think you got it. I think you got it. I have a feeling the questions you're going to ask me are going to dig into every little other nook and cranny that I'd like to hide from you. So let's do it. <laughs> oh, there's no hiding. There's no hiding amongst <laughs> friends, right? So, uh, well, of course. So, what was it like? I mean, I'm sure you get asked this question all the time. What was it like being there on 9 11? Now, on your website, you say you actually saw one of the planes hit, right? Yeah. Um, you know, 9-11 was such an interesting, it, it had such an impact on so many people and, and we all have our own story, whether you're somewhere in the middle of the country, whether you're international, it doesn't matter where you are. Uh, my firm was located in New Jersey, right on the Hudson River, so overlooking lower Manhattan. And I'd actually worked in a previous job in the World Trade Center itself. And you know, Wall Street, Lower Manhattan, it, it's my life. It's where I've, I've been for 15 years. 
And on 9-11, was an absolutely gorgeous day. And I walked into work. I usually got there somewhere around 8.30 before most of the people walked in. And I was sitting at my desk. And, to the, and you'll see me looking to my right as I tell the story because right outside my window to my right was an incredible window, picture-perfect view, World Trade Center, Lower Manhattan. It was gorgeous. And I happened to look up from my desk, and I look uptown. And as I looked up, a plane was coming toward Lower Manhattan. And I'm thinking to myself, that plane's on a strange angle. That mm. plane's going to crash. And it's going to crash into Lower Manhattan. And, of course, I watched as that plane crashed into the Trade Center. And I turned to my boss, and he was on my left. And I said to him, you know, Larry, a plane just crashed into the Trade Center. And he looked up and looked across the water and said, that's Cantor Fitzgerald. Chris and I were there yesterday. And, you know, he had had a meeting right there with another part, another a colleague of ours the, the previous day. And, you know, clearly we watched from our window. We had, we had TV sets. We're a brokerage firm. There are TV sets everywhere, but we're watching out our windows. Mm-hmm. And as, as people started to escape from Rome and we watched the buildings fall, uh, people were coming and saying to me early in the morning before the second plane hit, what happened? And you know, no one knew at that point. And my response was, a plane hit the Trade Center. Well, what kind of plane? And the only thing I could answer, because I'd only seen the underside of the plane, because it was really you know, at a pretty steep angle, and I'm looking at it this way. And my only response was, it was a plane plane. It was like, was it the plane plane? A plane plane. It was a plane. And as the buildings, of course, fell, we saw, you know, we saw the other plane. The other plane we couldn't see because it was coming from Queens. So we saw, you know, the impact of it. But once we saw that, you know, the the building really explode, we knew what was going on. The buildings, of course, fell. And then everybody was escaping Lower Manhattan. And as they were escaping, they were coming across to New Jersey by boats, by ferry, by anything they could get onto. And my building was at the pier. So they were truly coming to me. We were emptying out our water, our candy machines, anything we could give them. But mostly we were bringing them to telephones. And what that meant is that I was speaking with people. There was one woman in particular who said, I'm bringing her to a telephone. And she was an older woman, and she said to me, that she had survived Nazi Germany. And during during the war, whenever there was a huge crash, they would all hit the ground. And that's exactly what she did when the buildings fell. Wow. She hit the ground. And it was, you know, just hearing these things. And you, know, you asked me, what's the impact it had on me? Well, about a year after 9-11, my, my uh, business, the company I was working for, Wall Street was just a crazy place. At that point, there were no jobs. The market was tanking. It was just a, it was a wreck. The fun I had on Wall Street before was gone. And about a year later, my company was taken over by another one. And I'm located in New Jersey. Spent all my life northeast uh, New New York, New Jersey. And this uh, this this company was located in Omaha, Nebraska, clear the middle of the country. And they were asking me to move there. And I no, that's not happening for me. I need to find a way to create a life for me and my family where I'm not commuting anymore, where this is over, where I can be home for my kids, where I can find a way to live my own life. And I ran away from Wall Street and I started my own business. And I've been in business since early 2003. And 
over the years, my goodness, has it morphed, it shifted, changed, and you know, done all sorts of crazy, crazy things as I've grown, as my kids have grown, as all these things have happened around me. But that really is the start for me of finding a way to, or finding the reason to start to help people for real. And, you know, I think of that woman from Nazi Germany. She said thank you to me. It wasn't like I was helping somebody trade an eighth of a second faster. I got to know the people I was helping. And that's really why I started my business. Yeah, that's a that's a great story. Um, I can't even imagine. <laughs> oh, so uh, let's transition a little bit then and talk about um, you started your business. How old were your kids when you decided to launch on your own? Well, I've got three children. My daughter, I'll tell you now, is 22 years old. And I've got twin sons who are 20. Uh, when I started my business, Sammy was in, I think she was either in third or fourth grade, mm -hmm. and Josh and Eric were in either first or second grade. I may be off by, I, I think they had just started second grade when I started, so Sammy was in fourth grade. So they're still pretty young when you did that. What was it like transitioning from um, being employed by someone else to running your own business and being mom? You know, I'm still going through that transition. I think it's been 13 years. That's nice. It's fascinating. Um, when I start, uh, I, Wall Street background, so I know how to do the suits and the dresses and the heels and all this. And it was before pantsuits were really in. So we were really in skirts all the time. So, you know, that was kind of the mentality I had. And I did a complete shift. I'm like, oh, look, I'm free. I can do whatever the heck I want now. And I became the, I dressed as playground mom. Uh, and it was so interesting. It took me a while, like four or five years while, while to finally start to get into a mode where how do I act professional in a way that suits me and feels comfortable to me without being Wall Street? How do I start to put the boundaries on when am I doing PTA and when am I doing playground and when am I really in business? How do I teach my children? Yes, I may be home all the time, but that doesn't mean you could come in and just talk to me in the middle of the day. Uh, and it was also with my husband. He works out of the house also. So how do I tell him when I'm on the, and my office that you could see behind me a little bit, my office is our family office as well. So how do I tell him that he can shred a piece of paper when I'm on the phone with the client? <laughs> you know, it was all of these interesting transitions. How do I say, you know, there's nothing on my calendar today, so I get to take the day off, or there's nothing on my calendar today. That means I have the opportunity to execute these different things. Uh, it was talking with friends. I may be home during the day, but that doesn't mean I could do lunch with you every day. Right. And how do I fit in the personal things as well? because I have started this business to create a life that I want to live. Right. So it's been a huge transition. I still, I, I, I still struggle with it in some ways, or rather I'm growing with it still as my life and what I want to do in my life develops day by day, year to year as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you bring up an interesting point. I think for a lot of us that run our own businesses or work from home, um, really struggle with setting the boundaries on work time, play time, and all of that stuff because yeah. uh, you can easily work all the time, all the time. <laughs> Easy. You yeah. know, I tell people that 
you know, one of the things that's so important to me as a business owner and as a coach and working with the clients I'm working who are really working to create businesses, it's about creating a business that you want instead of the business that somebody else tells you to have. And it's so easy to get sucked into doing this business because we enjoy it. And yet there are times when it's not fun anymore and you're looking at it and it's like, you know what, if it's not going to be fun, get a job. It's a lot easier to make money in a job that you're unhappy with. So you might as well be unhappy in a job than do the kind of work we're doing. Now you can make a lot more money in running your own business. Uh, I am 100% for being an entrepreneur. However, if you're not going to enjoy it, you might as well not enjoy it and get paid for it and then do what we're doing here. It's, it's, that's a really good point. So, um, you know, back, think back to when your kids were still young and you were trying to run your business and, um, and be a mom, what were some of the yeah. most uh, difficult aspects for you as a working mom? When I was, when I was employed or once I started a business? Um, either one, actually, because we have people who are doing both. So you know, it was interesting when I was employed, I had it easy. We had a full-time nanny, and we adored her. And uh, Dawn, Dawn. The kids called her Donnie and drove her crazy, so I will refer to her as Donnie because that is who she is in my heart. She was amazing, the best nanny in the entire world. Adored her. And she she gave us so much that I couldn't do for us, myself. Uh, she would do our laundry. She had dinner ready for us. All these things. It was amazing. I'd go into town with the kids and the, the, the people who, the shop owners would know the kids. And they'd say, you're the one with the nanny. So I, it was amazing. And yet, on the other side, it was me. I'm mommy. And not, not Donnie. It's me. And there was always such a tug on both sides. Uh, I was thrilled to have Dawn as our nanny. I wouldn't change a thing. And yet what I started to see going on, as I said, my daughter, I believe, was going into fourth grade. My boys were going into um, second at that time. We had started getting to the point where it needed to be mommy's input, for real. It needed to be mommy helping with the homework. It needed to be mommy who helped with the bullies. It needed to be mommy who was there getting them off the school bus. And as much as I adored Dawn, and she was with us for all the right reasons, I was. it was a huge part of the reason why you know, my daughter would come home and say, well, Lexi did this to me, this one did that to me, that one did this to me. How do I manage that? And I wanted the answers to come from me at 3 o'clock and not from Dawn. Yeah. And I wanted the food on the table to be the food that I made. And as much as I loved what Dawn was making for us, I wanted it to be mine. And... That, those were part of the reasons that I came home. And once I got home, I was like, oh, crap. I've got to be there at 3 o'clock. <laughs> like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll take her making dinner for us. You can do it. <laughs> you know, like, what are we going to do here? You know, it has to be me suddenly. And it took a while for me to find that balance. How could I manage what I wanted to do as a mother and versus what I wanted to do as a business owner? And I think navigating that and the in many ways the, the wounds and the healing I was trying to do coming off of Wall Street it's a high pressure environment it's it's 24/7 and, and it's 
you know, Wall Street has changed a lot in the last 13, 14 years. Communication has changed. Uh, availability has changed. A lot has happened technologically over the last, you know, since I've been in business and since I left Wall Street. And it was high pressure then. I can't even imagine what it's like today. Yeah, no kidding. So yeah. it's, um, it was, it was and is still boundaries. It's still boundaries. My husband, I was sitting at my desk earlier today, sending some important emails out for different things I've got going on. And my husband, who still works from home and has been trained to understand when I'm working, had a really quick question for me. And I, 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 let me send out this email and then I could focus on you. So, you know, those things are still happening. They really yeah, are. Yeah. It's a constant adjustment, I would guess. Um, yeah. So... Do you work? Um, let's talk a little bit about what you do. And do you do you work a lot with uh, brand new entrepreneurs, mothers who are trying to find that balance as well? And I imagine you have a, a special uh, connection to a mom with small kids who's trying to launch her own business. I absolutely do. It's I work with the the people I work with are fascinating. I think I. I'm, I consider myself so incredibly privileged because I believe I learn more from my clients than they learn from me. Now, I hope they get even a small amount of what I get from them. And they tell me they do, so I guess we're okay. But what I have found is that the people that I'm working with, I work with uh, men and women at many different stages of the business. A lot of them are startups. And then there are a lot that probably go up to about a million dollars in revenue. Most, uh, so, you know, somewhere in that range, which is a big range. But yet, you know, when you hear the definition of small business, you're talking a $20 million business is still considered small business. I look at the people that I'm working with, primarily our service-based business owners. Some of us have some product, but we're primarily uh, service-based business owners. And what I have found is that, you know, going from startup, even up until that million dollar range, the biggest thing that we're fighting is ourselves. Mm. And there are a lot of moms I work with, there are some dads I work with, there are some people my own age whose kids are finally out of the house to some extent. Yeah, we're dealing with the college and all these other kinds of things now. So, you know, I work with a lot of moms, uh, dads, uh, some people don't even have children, and uh, dog owners and, you know, whatever else they are. So, but what I'm really finding is the core piece of what I'm working on with my clients. As business owners, we talk marketing, we talk sales, we talk products, we talk uh, launches, and, you know, all those technical things. But yet at the end of the day, for many of us, it's really we're selling ourselves. And one of the biggest aspects that I'm helping my clients with is how to get over themselves, how to get over themselves to actually do what they need to do, how to get over themselves and charge money, real money, for what it is they do and understanding the value that they bring to the market. One of the huge pieces that I bring to the market is, let me rephrase that, um, something that I am skilled at and can bring to the market is based on my own experience. Uh, it's a piece of what I call the value formula, and it's what I've learned. It's what made me me. It's what helped me. To, it, it's all the little things that I've learned over the years. And one of the things I've learned over the years is how to manage being a mom and a business owner. And many of the moms that you're working with, are no. some of them are still working in corporate. Some aren't. But how to say that 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 knowledge, that experience that they're gaining is worth something in the marketplace and how to feel comfortable charging for it. 
Yeah, that that's a that's a really interesting um, discussion. Actually, I just um, I just recently ran a virtual summit for writers and bloggers, and it was geared largely largely towards um, moms who are writer, blogger, entrepreneurs, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, as we were doing our research for it, we saw that there is a huge increase right now of moms in this area of life who have yeah. small kids who've left the workplace, maybe been out for three, four, five, seven years in my case, and or yeah. five years. And, um, and rather than trying to uh, go back to work, they're launching their own businesses. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that we talked a lot about a lot in the summit and, and that I talked to a lot with other moms who are basically in the same, um, boat that I'm in here is how difficult it is to translate that value to price and how to know how to set your own, um, set your own prices and charge properly. And I found myself undercutting myself quite a bit. And that's, you know, something that I'd love your insight on. (laughs) Well, I am. Oh, look, what's her name? This is Ella. She likes to join me on my podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) What we're talking about today is hugely important because you are helping make your mom even more important and more valuable than she already was. (laughs) She can't hear you, but, (laughs) but, but and for everyone who's listening to the podcast, she's playing with my microphone right now. So, okay. Hey, I'm recording, sweetheart. This is what it's like to be a mom working at home, right? The, the reality of it. Okay. Absolutely. So, hold on just one second. What? Brayden is saying that I am a baby just because I'm scared of wasps. Okay, well, you're not a baby, and lots of people are scared of wasps, and you guys need to go downstairs. I told you not to come up here while I'm recording. Okay? Work it out. (laughs) All righty. So when you asked me, um, how do you start to incorporate who it is you are into, into what it is you charge? So the fact that you know how to, uh, let, me, let me find the best way to say it. The fact that you know how to manage, how to deal with Ella when she comes into your office in the middle of a podcast, which is something that happens. And it's something that's going to happen. You know, it's, it happens to be Ella in this case. Or maybe for your client, it's you know their husband coming in, or maybe it's an idea coming into their brain when they're in the middle of doing something. All these things, knowing how to do that and how to translate that and teach your clients or help your clients to manage those distractions is worth something for them. So the question becomes for you, if your client is able to not be distracted by their child, if, their, if your client is able to not be distracted by their dog or their spouse or their partner or their business owner or their friend who calls in the middle of the day or the idea that comes into their head, what are they able to do as a result of that? And starting to look at your value, not so much by, well, it's taken me five hours to do this work for your client. However, to do what we call value pricing, which is really understanding the value that you bring to your client. What is your client able to do because of the work you're doing with them? As part of my value formula, that is actually the V for vision. So what is the vision you have for yourself? And what is the vision you have for your client? What are they able to accomplish 
because of what you are working on with them. And what is that in return worth? So just Does that make a, sense? it makes a lot of sense, actually. But how would you um, do you have tools or places that people can go to kind of put a dollar figure on those types of values? Because, for example, um, I help people publish their books. Well, I mean, a mm -hmm. book can sell one copy or it can go crazy and sell millions of copies. So how yep. do you how do you come up with the number? that is reasonable for you as someone helping them publish their book and yet is also a good enough income to manage your business and that's just there are a couple of things that suggest you do actually and first of all i would have a conversation with some of the clients that you've worked with and ask them the impact of getting their book published now yeah. i've got books i've got two books because you're worth it and you could probably see that cast of cash. Great. Neither of them, I will tell you right now, neither of them have sold gazillions of copies. <laughs> neither of them on their own are going to make me rich. I don't care what you do with it or anybody else. That book on its own, this book is not going to be a gazillion bestseller. It's right. not going to be a Harry Potter. This is not my ticket in and of itself. The publication of this book in and of itself is not going to make me a million dollars. However, what am I able to do because I've published this book? Well, because I've published these books, I'm here with you, which means my word gets out to more people. If my word gets out to more people, and even one of the people listening to this hire me, what am I able to earn from that? If I get on more stages because I've published these books, what does that do for me? If I could just say in my bio, author, what does that do for me? So all of these things, in my mind, as as a person who's written this book has a dollar impact to me. So if I could write this book and not make millions of dollars because you know, frankly, it's a book. It's this book itself is not making me a million dollars. However, the stages I'm on, the contacts I get, all of that might. So now if you could help me tie your service to the end result, and help me put my own dollar value on it. Let's say I believe that this book, not so much because I sold the book, but the book because I published it can make me a million dollars. All of a sudden the service you provide becomes a lot more valuable to me. Yeah, that's an, so that is an excellent point. <laughs> and because I know Amazon is not gonna make me a million dollars on this book. That's right. just the reality. Right. That's just <laughs> it's, not both, steamy. it's not steamy enough. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> because right. you're worth it. How did, I don't know what you mean. I'm going to put it as a different tagline. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, that's that's a really great way of thinking about it. And I think that um, that's, you know, um, can be translated across different kinds of services. And um, Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully that will be useful information for a lot of people. Well, normally in our podcast, because we are a podcast for busy moms, we ask, uh, we have a lot of people who tend to be uh, in kids in the home still and younger children. So not all of our questions will be applicable, but I would like to know um, when you did have the kids at home, if you had any um, special like uh, routines that you put in place or anything like that oh, yeah. that you did to make your life easier. <laughs> Oh, so many routines. Uh, we were the queen and kings of routines here. <laughs> you know, we had some very simple and straightforward things. Um, first of all, it was my routine that mattered. And for me, that meant I would get up before the kids. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it meant that um, I set my work hours as once the kids left for school until they got home. Mm-hmm. And those were really my work hours. Sometimes I put a little bit of a work hour in the evening, but for the most part, not. Routines we had, we, uh, the kids were bringing down their own laundry as early as uh, our laundry machines in the basement. Our kids are on the, t- on the second floor. So they each had their own laundry basket and brought down their laundry every day. And they brought it down every day. That didn't mean I did it every day, but they right. brought it down every day. <laughs> um, and they learned the different things they had to do. They were making their own lunches. And I would make the main course, and they would do the rest. They would put their fruit in their snack and whatever else. But, you know, so in the morning, I'd make the three sandwiches or the three whatever had to go into it. But they would do the rest. Uh, and so it was things like that. Uh, and we put them in charge of their own things, whatever they could do. As soon as they could. Now, they were already in fourth grade and second grade, so they weren't babies. Right. However, these were things that were important. Um, they also learned the meaning of a closed door. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can see behind me, there's a doorway. Mm-hmm. There is a door there. Now, it's a door with windows. It's not like it's a solid door that I can see through. It is a door with windows. And they learned the meaning of mommy's on the phone. And that was a conversation. And what's really been fascinating over these years with them, and, and this is even when they were really you know, young, you know, fourth grade isn't all that old, is has been really to have them see mommy working. Have them see, you know what, not now. They learned the meaning of this. On the phone, go away. They learned the meaning of the headset. This is not a time to be talking to me. And I also learned the meaning of my child is there. It is 3.30. Shut down. Yeah, and that's you know, so a tough one. Yeah. yeah, that's a tough one. Well, on both sides, and and uh, you know, we're, I'm still trying to work through that with my kids. I mean, you've probably heard them yelling in the background, "Mommy!" <laughs> just, of course, we saw Ella's appearance here, um, and I had the conversation with them before I got on. I said, "You know, I'm going to be recording interviews." It's time to stay downstairs. And and there, um, my four-year-old is with my sister right now. So, um, mm-hmm. but my nine-year-old and six-year-old are here and I hear my son yelling for me again. So clearly we're gonna have to have a little bit more of a discussion about what that means, not to and, disturb. And me. you know, on the other side of it also, there is making sure you have the support you need. And as a business owner, you have to delegate the right things. Uh, for me, Delegating was school, it was summer camp, it was also when those, those services weren't available to me, understanding what can I do, what can't I do, what am I willing to do. Um, there were, I, I know during the summer when the kids were more home than, um, than they were at school and their schedule's a little bit less predictable, my work schedule changed. And if it meant that I wasn't earning as much money, well then I didn't earn as much money. But you know, how can you put those things in place for you to get the support that you need? How um, I traveled very little when my kids were younger. Uh, I joined a, my first mastermind group probably after about six years, where my kids were already old enough that I could travel a little bit and have formed my own mastermind groups at this point for my own clients. So my kids have seen me develop. It has been huge for them to see mommy as a business owner, to see mommy as an author, to see mommy on stages, to see mommy saying, you know, I'm going to do this. When I've hosted mastermind groups, I've had times where I host them at a local hotel. And I, my first night, we always, I always host a nice dinner. 
So it's a two-day event. The first night, there's a great dinner that I host for everybody. And a couple of times, I've brought that dinner home. The hotel's all 15 minutes away. But I need help. I can't do it myself. I don't want to do it myself. I want to be part of the, you know, part of the environment, not just the hostess. And I've had my kids help. And my kids have become part of that. And they've seen me interact on a professional basis as well as a mommy basis. They, they can see that both roles exist. It has been a huge impact on my children's development. Uh, I watch my daughter who's graduating from college now. And she's like, I need to be able to do something on my own. How could I start my own business? What would that look like? And to have instilled in her some of those values has been really amazing. Uh, that's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I, you're right. It is the, um, you know, developing those routines again, for lack of a better word, they are, they are routines and, um, and our routine is, is changing every day over the summer as I figure out what works and doesn't work. Um, you know, I do have a part-time nanny who comes and helps out sometimes and, um, and different things like that that I've put in place so that I can do a little bit more work because, you know, I, I like to keep my evenings free for my husband and, um, and so, you know, it's, it's a balancing act, but you're right. Once they, once they have been taught that, you know, this is work time, this is play time, this is how we function, then it certainly makes it easier. <laughs> it makes it possible. Um, it, you know, it, it changes every day. And, you know, when they change, and you see the difference in your kids, your four-year-old isn't your six-year-old isn't your nine-year-old. Mm. You see those changes. Um, my boys are twins, and they're different children, and they they developed at different stages and are still developing. Um, they're home now. Um, Josh and Eric, um, Eric's working full-time at a daily. Josh is working full-time at a summer camp, where you might want to send your kids. Uh, it's a great <laughs> camp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do it. Um, but, you know, in any case, at 5 o'clock or 5.30, I'm still getting phone calls. Mom, I'm off of work. I'm on my way home. Or, you know, these things are still happening. And, Mom, what's for dinner tonight? You know, mm. It doesn't change. Or actually, it changes a lot day to day. But what is it changing to? It, it's always fluid. And the bottom the, the bottom line, you're really looking at two things, is two of my favorite questions are to ask is, if I do this, whatever this is, what can't I do? And if I don't do this, what can I do instead? So if you're right now, you're recording this with me, wonderful. That means you're not paying attention to your kids. It's not good or bad. It's just true. It, well, it really they're kind of forcing my hand on that issue. So yeah. <laughs> it's a statement. And on the flip side, if you paid attention to your children, what does that do to you here? Again, not good or bad. It's right. just a statement. Right. And weighing those different things. And at the end of the day, asking yourself, what's best for me and my business right now? It's not what's just best for you. What's best for you right now is probably to go off and play with the kids. But what's best for your business right now is probably to hang with me. And then you have to start weighing what's best for you and your business right now. How does staying here with me right now support you and your business? And how does it support your kids? Mm-hmm. And how does saying, Carrie, you know what? We're done. Out of here. And going to work with your kids right now, how does that support you in a business right now? And these are the kinds of things that I work with with my clients on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Uh, okay. Well, we um, I've learned a lot from you today. And um, we will make sure that 
everybody has your contact information and can reach out to you with questions and all that good stuff. And we'll include the links to your books. And um, as we wrap up, I just want to close it on a positive note, which is how do you find time to take care of yourself as a mom and everything else that goes along with that? Oh, the value formula, the word E, or the letter E stands for enough. When to say enough. Mm -hmm. And it's really about saying no to something so that you can say yes to others. So that means I don't take phone calls at eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning. Never, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, my work hours when my kids were at school, I didn't really work outside of those hours. Now as my kids get older, on my calendar at 8.30 every single morning is go to the gym. Mm -hmm. And I go to the gym because yeah, I work out there, but more importantly, I see my friends there. We happen to work out while we're hanging out together. Mm -hmm. uh, this morning, I was out walking with a friend of mine. So that's been something that's been put into my schedule that's just, you don't question it. So those are some of the things. Um, I also allow myself, it's so important to me to go outside. At some point during the day, you need to be outdoors. I don't care if outdoors means you're throwing the trash out. Get, <laughs> out, get out. Breathe air. And not the stuff that's inside of our offices. Breathe air. Um, you, uh, you don't see it from the angle the camera's at, but around me, there are all windows. And that's important. I like to see outside, but more than that, breathe air every day. Uh, I don't care how long, but do that. It helps tremendously. That's great advice. All right. So where can everybody find you? My website is carriegreencoaching.com. And that's C-A-R-R-I-E. Green is spelled G-R-E-E-N-E. -E. There is an annoying E that everybody leaves out after green. Carry green with an annoying E at the end, coaching.com. Uh, you can email me also at carry at carrygreencoaching.com as well. Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us and for providing all that wonderful information today. Pleasure being with you. Thank you so much for having me. And your daughter is adorable. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Lose the Cape podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a review at Stitcher or iTunes and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We would really appreciate your support. Again, you can find the um, show notes and all of our other episodes at losethecape.com forward slash podcast. And today's is losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 25. Have a great day.